Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs. With companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm Chad Past the Pierogi Sowash. And I'm simply way too fly for your fake AI, Valencia. <laughs> and this week's show, Putin's chef lays an egg. Junco is falling apart right in front of our eyes. Uh, companies are planning for the future of work with AI. And the question of the moment is, will indeed bring results or bullshit to France? Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about TextKernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, Text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> 
All right. Live from Krakow, Poland, kids. Cheeseman is off enjoying Orlando with the family this week. There's a there's a great Book of Mormon joke in there somewhere. I just can't find it, which is why we have once again an honored guest, Quincy Valencia, filling in for the Mr. Cheeseman. Thanks, Joel, for never working and always being on vacation. I really appreciate you for that. And I'm coming to you live from the Redneck Riviera of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, that is the Redneck Riviera. So, Quincy, for those listeners who have been asleep for the past two decades and they don't know who you are, give them a quick Twitter bio. I've been in this space for almost as long as Chad Sowash, 25 (laughs) years. He's older than me, so he always wins. HR, HR tech. Provider, practitioner, product creator, and currently working as an HR tech analyst. So if it's a thing in the space, and now I'm a podcast co-host for a day. So if it's a thing in the space, by God, I'm doing it. God damn it. I'm doing it. That's right, kids. Practitioner, vendor, Analy- it all the boxes are checked. That's one of the reasons why we have Quincy on the show, and and she has, and she and she knows all the skeletons in my closet. That's another reason. That's true. So I'm in Krakow, Poland, and this week Putin's chef Yevgeny Prigogorov. What, what what is it? How do how do you fuck you say? It? You're asking me. He he turned his Wagner troops and tanks toward Russia, and it, it, it's a much different feeling when you're watching this play out. From a country away, here in Poland, we've got Belarus, that is a country between us and Russia, and then we've got Ukraine just to the south. What was this? Was this a big issue? Was this a big news uh, point of news in the U.S.? It was all over the news, and I try not to watch the news. But yeah, it was everywhere. It was definitely a story, as it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when people tried to overthrow the government here, it made me mad. But when they try to do it there, I thought it was the right thing. So maybe I need to reevaluate my standards. Yeah, I don't know, because I think the entire world stage looked at us when that happened, January 6th happened, Mm -hmm. and they were like, what the actual fuck? This never should never happen in the U.S. But Polish that I've talked to here, Polish citizens, they were like, yeah, no, we expected something like that to happen. And again, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the optics of what we've been able to, you know, whether it's our story, propaganda, whatever the hell you want to, want to call it. We're really good at driving a message. Uh, Russia is really good at throwing a bunch of bodies at both. Which is unfortunate. And in that particular case, I'd have to say I would be on the side of the usurpers um, because maybe I'm okay with it overthrowing the government if if the government's crazy. I don't know. Maybe that's my standard. I'm not sure. And dangerous and murderous. Dangerous and murderous. Well, my first shout out is uh, going to go out to uh, guess who? It's the the Polish people. Where's my shout outs thing at? Anyway, screw it. Uh, the Polish people. Much like last week when I was in Vienna, Julie and I received the red carpet treatment. But uh, Agnieszka Probleska, uh, the CEO of Talent Alpha, headquartered here in Poland, she went the extra mile by bringing her family to Krakow and personally taking us to two museums wow. with walking tours. And at the end of the day, we had beers with a group of vendors and practitioners here in Poland. So the Polish are incredibly warm and welcoming people. So big, big shout out to our friends here in Poland. That sounds like a great time. And I'm really happy for you and all of you. And that's a great use of your time too. I think so. It's, it's, it's all about diplomacy. That's what I said last week. This is a di- diplomatic mission for the Chad and Cheese podcast. Is that how you, is that how you justify writing it off on your taxes? 
No, that, that's a good idea, though. I never thought of that. <laughs> we'll talk. All right. Well, my first shout out. Is it my turn? Do I get to go? Yes, you, you get to go. Now. Yes. So I did mention that I am a, an industry analyst now in the HR tech space, and I've only been mm-hmm. in this seat for a little over a year. So a, a baby, if you will. But there's uh, someone I want to give a shout out to. Her name is Lisa Rowan. Lisa's been an analyst in the space at IDC for 20 years, I think. She's one of the OGs in this space, and she wow. is moving into retirement happily. Good for her. Congratulations to her. She's a legend. She's forged paths for the rest of us that we may not other have had. This space is, it's pretty male dominated. There's some great women um, analysts in this space. We've got Madeline Lerano, Sarah White, um, and some others, but um, Lisa was there first. And I, I don't know Lisa well, but I certainly know her legacy. I had the honor and privilege of meeting her and actually sharing a table with Lisa uh, at an event we were at together um, last month, I think. Maybe it was April. I don't know. The months run together, but she was phenomenal. Her questions are on point and smart and everything she's brought to this industry has been um, meaningful. So thank you for all you've done, Lisa. Congratulations on your well-earned retirement. Amen. Can't get enough good people. Not to mention, you know, uh, you've got leaders like that who help others actually, you know, hand hand up uh, throughout their career. So that's awesome. My, uh, my second shout out goes to Van Hack. That's right, kids. <laughs> A Vancouver, Canada-based software company dedicated to connecting international tech talent with employees or employers in Canada and Europe received $3 million in funding this week. That's right, kids. It's a marketplace for talent. No chat GPT necessary. What? Congrats to CEO Ilya Brodsky and the Van Hack team. Take off, Lee. We're doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. So Quincy, quick question. What are your thoughts on funding in this area of, of the era of gen AI? Because right now it seems like those who are generative AI are, are they're getting more of a look than everybody else, other than obviously the van hacks of the world. In some ways they should. I mean, it is the next new great thing. My mm-hmm. cautionary tale is twofold. First of all, gen AI in general is not new. It's been around since the sixties. It's the technology has advanced and really took uh, a turn forward. And I think it was the mid 2010s. There was a new uh, piece of technology that bolstered the ability of generative AI. And then certainly we all know, I'm not even going to say the name, it who shall not be named in November of last year who came out. Um, and it really is does have the ability to be transformative. Every single person, though, who's coming out right now is saying that we're using generative AI or large language models or blah, blah, blah. And they're not. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason for my way to fly for your fake AI nickname this week <laughs> twice. I, I spent a lot of time with vendors um, twice in the last two weeks. I've been shown products where they're touting their generative AI capabilities. And that's not what it is. One of them was a traditional chat bot, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no, a time yeah. and a place and it's useful and there's reason to use that. Um, and the other was basically RPA. And everyone's trying to spin their product offering as if it's Gen AI, as if that's the only thing. Gen AI is one form of technology. It deserves the funding so that we can advance it, put the security protocols around it that we need, uh, mitigate some of the risk associated with that, which is going to have to come certainly at the org level, but at a larger level around the technology itself. But guys, you don't have to be in Gen AI to create new shit. So good for them for getting funding for something that's still really useful. 
Amen. Out of Canada. And we also dropped an interview this week with Georgios Marcakis from Venero Capital. He answers that question in our episode that is HR, tech funding, and M&A. So check that out. All right. So my second shout out is to the entire state of Ohio. Oh, no. Right. For two things. First, I've been to all 50 states. Chad, did you know that? All 50 states. Yeah, you actually, you lived in, you lived in South Dakota, which nobody wants to do that, but yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, so I've lived in all 50 states and never, ever have I been to a state with worse highways than the state of Ohio. So congratulations yes. on fine funding of your highway programs there, Ohio, for making me never, ever want to go back. And the other reason I never want to go back to Ohio <laughs> is because of stupid shit like this. Um, an Ohio state representative, and I can't remember his name, and frankly, it wasn't worth looking it up because it was so stupid, um, has put forth a bill to make to end all remote work. He doesn't want it, should be illegal, shouldn't be allowed. To which I say, which CEO in the state of Ohio took this guy on his private jet somewhere and is the biggest <laughs> campaign financer for him? Because why in the hell else would you do that? And why uh -huh. should government care? It's the stupidest thing. There are a lot of stupid bills. And I live in the South. So if you want to talk about stupid bills, um, we could have a whole other show on that. But that's not only is it ridiculous, um, but it goes right along with my 1.1 shout out. So my part B to the, the CEO of PayPal who just jumped on the remote work doesn't work and everyone should go back to work bandwagon. Um, it's ridiculous. It's been disproven repeatedly. And in fact, the opposite have been has been proven true. And this guy just needs to sit down. Yes. Uh, so it's gone all the way up to pretty much the Supreme Court where all the, the, the hand greasing, palm greasing that's, uh, that's been happening. So, uh, yeah, I mean, transparency is huge. Joel and I actually talked about the death of journalism, which is, which is, uh, really has, has started to kind of like atrophy over the past 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah. And, and a lot of that has to do with, trying to ensure that this transparency doesn't happen more. When you have local people on the streets, we don't have as much transparency in our, in our local government. And then it just continues to, to, to balloon up. So yeah, it, it's, it's a huge issue. And when we have individuals who are actually weighing in on topics that they should just be shutting the fuck up about. It has nothing to do with him. At all, at all. Well, my my last shout out goes to Data People, a New York based SaaS recruiting predictability platform provider. That's a that's a mouthful. Raised thirteen million in Series A funding. Another non Gen AI platform getting funding? I don't think so. Data platform, <laughs> Data People brings data backed objectivity efficiency and predictability to talent acquisition, beginning with the optimized job description. Hmm. Now, my question is, companies like this who lean very hard on this type of tech, like a, like a Textio, they do have some domain expertise. There's no question around this, this area. Mm -hmm. Although when being able to train AI and having enough data to be able to back and pretty much replace a Textio or a data people, I feel like this platform is going to be pretty much scrunched into a feature on every single core talent platform that's out there. What do you think about that? As it should be, uh, in my opinion, and it's already mm -hmm. showing up. I mean, um, I wrote about it this week, uh, Oracle released some 
new tech using Gen AI that actually does some of that. It helps, you know, it's it's assisted authoring, which I think is really, really smart. The risks, well, first, so, and I think everyone should be doing it, by the way, particularly uh, as more and more of the work um, leaves the seat of HR or recruiters or other people who've been trained and are experts supposedly in these things and lands firmly in the lap of hiring managers. And it's, what do you mean? I got to write a job description from scratch. They don't know how, they haven't been trained um, and they're going to unintentionally turn away some candidates. So I think it's a really smart thing to do. Have to be careful because depending on what model you're using, again, we all know you can automatically bake in bias um, yes. into those into those job descriptions. So it has to be careful how it's applied, but I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to do this. And I hope that after this round of funding in a few short years, we see them making bank, if it works, getting acquired by one of the platforms that needs to include it. Yeah, I think th this to me sounds, again, like more runway to be able to look very deeply at different uh, acquisition targets. So being you're the acquisition target, but acquirees, right? That's yeah. that's the biggest key because this is going to be a feature, kids. This is not a platform. This is feature. And just the tip. That's just a tip from Quincy and Chad today. So. Free stuff. That's right, kids. Oh my God. We give away so much shit. A lot of stuff. For instance, we give away beer, craft beer. I've never gotten any. Aspen Tech Labs. That's right. Aspen Tech Labs, they don't actually deliver the beer, nor does Chad and Cheese. We have UPS and FedEx for that. But one person every month is going to win a box of craft beer from our friends at Aspen Tech Labs. Then you have whiskey. Who's coming? It's coming from TextKernel. Everybody knows TextKernel. They are the scraping and AI. Oh, you've heard of that word before, right? Nope. AI. They've been doing that for decades, kids, and they are sponsoring a couple of whiskey, uh, bottles of whiskey. One from Chad, one from Cheese. Mine's always better. Uh, nice. Then you have T-shirts from JobGet, which everybody loves as well. I think you have every single one of them, don't you? I do, and I wear them all over the world. <laughs> Always selfies. When you have your Chad and Cheese t-shirt, you got to take a selfie no matter where you're at. Uh, I then, do. I know. I'm telling everybody else. That's what you do. You are the standard. Thank you. Thank you very much. We, we also have a new giveaway, a $250 Airbnb getaway gift card. What? Yes. From Abode HR. They want all of the talent acquisition professionals that are out there, they want them to be able to get the hell away from all the noise, sit and think for a minute. You can do that in an Airbnb, wherever you want. Take the $250, take a long weekend, do whatever you want, but you got to get away. And especially for the abode folks, you want to focus on that new co cohort that's coming up and that's Gen Z. That's their specialty. Um, last but not least, if it's your birthday. It's rum from Plum. Now, birthdays will be back next week because I don't want to mess with Cheeseman's, you know, his his whole flair with birthdays. But again, rum from Plum. If you haven't done, done your Plum assessment yet, go to Google, type in Plum assessment, go take it, have a good time. This can all be found at chadcheese.com slash free or just click on free in the upper right horn, uh, hand corner on chadcheese.com. Do it. Last but not least, next week is, is Wreckfest in Nebworth Park. 10 stages, 5,500 people. That's the, They're only allowed to have that many. They sold out a few, I think, shit, I think last week or something like that. So if you didn't get a chance to go, sucks to be you, maybe next year. But it's going to be a blast next week in Nebworth Park. But if you haven't 
been able to get to Nebworth Park and maybe, I don't know, maybe you're in the U.S. or maybe you want to visit the U.S., Wreckfest is coming to Nashville in September. It's the very first time. And Quincy, are you going to Nashville? I'm not. Oh, okay. We're going to rectify this because this is the place everybody's going to be there. And without Quincy being there, not everybody's there. So we've got to get Quincy there. It's where TA leaders bring their teams for all hangout days, right? Their, their meetings, uh, interact with other practitioners, learn from obviously a bunch of, of uh, different uh, vendors and practitioners and find out exactly what's happening in the tech space. So just go to chadcheese.com, click on events in the upper right hand corner. Are you ready? Ready. Topics. Oh, shit. Shit. Indeed goes to France. Who saw this coming? Uh, this comes from R.H. Martin. Indeed, mm. France is changing its pricing model, making way for pay per application. Quote, it's France and Canada's turn to make the change, which is scheduled for the beginning of July. What change, you might ask? The first results with the pay for results system obtained in the U.S. and U.K. are satisfactory. Is that how you really, you want to go with satisfactory? Satisfactory? We we particularly follow indicators that have baptized positive outcomes, end quote, said by the Indeed France Managing Director, Mathieu Eloy. Okay, Quincy, is, is Indeed bringing innovation or bullshit to France and Canada? Well, first and foremost, pay for performance is not innovative. AppCast and others have been doing that for years in other realms, but same thing. So no, that's not innovative. Much like some people that I know who host a really popular podcast, Uh I'm skeptical of anything that Indeed does. Uh, I'm not a fan. They're good at pushing propaganda. You know, we'll get you a thousand applicants, but only one ever gets hired is not the way to go. Depends on their pricing model. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll see if it works and maybe it'll work better there than it has other places with their, uh, what do they say? Satisfactory results? Is that what <laughs> That's yes. I mean, is that yes. the way to launch a product? Satisfactory? Who approved that? But uh, I don't know. I'm skeptical. It, it's not innovative. It may be innovative there. I'm not an expert in recruiting in France or Canada for that matter, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm interested, Chad, as always, to know what your thoughts are about something Indeed is doing. Hmm. I'm going to start <laughs> off with that. So, so first off, they talk about pay per performance revol- results oriented. And, you know, they're really focusing on this pay per started apply, which literally should just be the acronym should be S H A M because it's a sham. Wait, it's pay per started apply? Yes. 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 Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. It's shit. Don't do it. Save your money. So, it's exactly what PPC is. It's just repackaged. Right. It's a different colored lipstick on the same damn pig with expensive, more expensive rates. So now let's talk about PPA. Wait, before you do that, I have yeah. to roll back what I said. Good. And not compare this then to what AppPress <laughs> and others have been doing quite successfully for years because what they're doing actually works. This is different. I agree. I missed that little part, the paper start per apply start. And that's, you're right, PPC repackaged. So sorry, AppCast, I take it back. (laughs) Okay, so then we'll roll into the PPA side of the house, the pay per application. This is nothing more than suffocating 
trusted partners through Indeed's new mandated registration. Remember back in the day when they actually kicked platforms off for mandated registration? Now they're doing it. This is the newest Trojan horse built to once again suck the life out of trusted partners. Indeed claims a monthly audience of 300 million unique visitors to its engine worldwide, including 7 million in France, which would they would not have. I repeat, Indeed would not have without their trusted partners. They can't reach that kind of that kind of traction and or uh, or audience. Now, let me tell you a little little history. Little little story. You ready for a little story? I'm ready. Back in the day, Monster, Monster.com, and CareerBuilder. Heard of them. They both, yeah, they they both started working with Indeed in their first Trojan horse, right? And they got a little bit of that traffic and then they got hooked. And then the next thing you know, Indeed is sucking all the traffic and all the life out of the monsters and the career builders of, uh, of that day. Now, that was before mandated registration. Mandated registration means everybody out there in the trusted partner network, it means everybody that you push their way, they don't need you for next time. They're sucking the life out of whatever you are sending to them, which means your money stream, your revenue stream from Indeed is going to atrophy. It's going to go away and then they're going to kick you to the curb. This is what history shows us, kids. So to think that this is something that's going to be big in France, I think is kind of hilarious. But uh, we'll we'll see. They're pushing the propaganda. They're boiling the frog and they're doing what Indeed does. Oh, I don't say boiling the frog. I don't like that. <laughs> Leave the frogs out of it, Chad. Nobody likes it, but that's what they're doing. All right. I'm going down. That's the newest single from Junco. That's right, kids. Here directly from the post. Junco, a New York City-based startup that created an AI-powered job board to improve diversity in hiring is on the brink of collapse. I'll say that again, is on the brink of collapse. After its CEO allegedly duped investors with an elaborate scheme to exaggerate the size of the company's business, Junco founder and CEO Ilit Raz resigned after internal probe found she had, quote, engage in egregious, unethical, and fraudulent conduct, which caused harm to the company and its shareholders, end quote. The startup's board of directors said in a statement obtained by The Post, Roz allegedly misled investors by claiming Junco was working with 150 companies, quote, when it practiced the number was significantly smaller. News of Roz's alleged scheme. This is where it gets fucking crazy, man. It's already crazy, man. Yeah, but it comes after the company raised $25 million in cash from investors last fall. Included, included the submission of, listen, fake invoices that were attributed to real people and real companies, fake wire transfers, and even fake bank accounts, a source with knowledge of the situa- uh, situation told The Post. Junco re- uh, received $38.5 million in funding. Their last round, as I'd said, September of 2022 was a Series B, and that was $25 million. Quincy, does Junco live through this, or no. are they already dead in the water? No, I, I don't see there's any way they can, they can live through this. Um, the blowback is going to break them. They won't get any more money. First of all, has she not ever heard the name Elizabeth Holmes and the company Theranos? Like you can't 
do this. Why they would, I don't know. I'm familiar with the product. It's actually a good product. So I'm not yeah. sure why, why they would do that. And they actually do or did have some notable companies and, and mm-hmm. logos that they could oh, yeah. um, actually tout. So why they would do that is beyond me. The only thing I can think of was to bolster that round of funding. And you know, did they need it? I guess. I don't know what was going on in the background. Everybody needs money. 38% of startups in 2021, I just read this, failed uh, because they didn't have enough cash. That was the number one reason why they failed. Number two um, was because they were offering a product or service that no one wanted or needed. That's a good reason to fail. But if they need the cash, that's fine. But I don't understand. You don't have to do that. And it just, you know, it takes a lot of work to put that elaborate of a scheme together, one would think and hope that if she used those powers for good instead of evil, good could have come out of it. I don't think they have a chance. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I I think from my standpoint, you, you got to wonder how long before invest, investors rip those right funds back number one we do know aubrey brown or albrey brown who uh we interviewed and he was actually leading the dei efforts over Airtable before he took the vp of strategy position there at juneco uh he's literally i think the only person that i would say could prospectively write the ship if they kept their funding the guy knows what he's fucking doing it is from what I've heard, a, a, a good product. So I think you've got to have the, the, the right person in place, number one. Number two, you've got to have that funding. So that runway's got to be there. And I don't know. I think he, he's a great guy, incredibly well-spoken. Very, I mean, everything that you want out of a founder, yeah. right? He's a great just face person. And I think, I think because he's a practitioner too, he knows how to get inside the minds of uh, the, the people that should be buying. So I think they, they have a chance, but it's, it's a very, 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 very thin chance. Well, what they've done, what she's done in this case is really, there are other products who do this in the market. Seekout does something similar, right? Which Mm -hmm. we know and love that company. So there are others who do the same thing or something similar. And she's opened the door completely for organizations to make the switch. And it's not a technology that's so deeply embedded into an organization that it's particularly particularly difficult switch. So I think the other companies who do the same thing are poised to um, come in and say, hey, we're not going to lie and cheat you uh, and take some of that business. You know, I never want a company to to go under, particularly if it's a good company offering a good product the market needs. I just don't know in this case, even with the right person at the helm, that it's going to be able to do enough and do it fast enough to, to fix this. I don't know. Good luck to them. But she's yeah. the theme of today's show, by the way, is people will see as we go on is for fuck's sake, people, what are you doing? <laughs> um, starting with Ohio and moving in here. And I just yes. I don't understand people. I just don't get it. I, I don't I don't either. And the, the hardest part about this for me, I think, is that we've seen DEIB as a nice to have instead of a need to have. And when you, when you're a platform that is not seen as a need to have and this happens, it just automatically sends everybody running away from you, which is not a good thing to be kids. We will be right back. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, It's right there in the name. 
But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com that's pandologic.com all right how about a little future of work quincy what do you think about that huh my future is retirement i don't want to work (laughs) wait i didn't say that out loud if my boss is listening i do want to work i love my job i don't want to be unemployed Ooh, yeah. Okay. Well, you, you still got it. You still got some time for that. Don't worry. So right. this is from Forbes. Gone are CEO requests to McKinsey for explanations of how AI technology works and whether it's overhyped or not. Now, five questions dominate the conversation these days. What are they? Number one, good question. What are the specific use cases? Number two, how do I get started? Number three, What are the risks I need to manage? Number four, what are the implications for present and future employees? And the last one, how do I learn fast? (laughs) Yes, that's that's the top five. So previously, McKinsey predicted AI would take effect in 2040. They've bumped that up to 2030. Right. Open AI has cracked this bitch wide open. Their winners will be those who move fast and quickly figure out how to integrate these new technologies into their IT stack and workflows and reimagine how they manage talent and design their operating model as a result. But wait, there's more. This from HR Dive. More than 70% of organizations are struggling to keep up with the risks of using AI tools citing significant risks that have emerged, which Mm -hmm. could lead to financial loss, reputational loss or damage, the loss of customer trust, regulatory penalties, that sucks, compliance challenges, litigation, and more. It's the wild, wild west out there. And James West and Artemis Gordon aren't here to save us, kids. So so what's a CEO to do, Quincy? Uh, well, first of all, they're asking the right questions. I mean, it's a lot of questions, but they're asking the right questions. You know, I, I talk to, to customers and it's 10 years ago, it was every time I talked to a client, it was, hey, do you guys got any of that AI stuff? And because it was a checkbox on somebody's performance review and they had to have it. Yeah. And now it's not that anymore. It's what are we doing and how are we moving the product forward with the use of AI? They still necessarily know what it is. But buyers are becoming more educated. They're certainly more sophisticated. Um, and they know that this is not something that's going to go away. And they need to really evaluate the, the, their tech stack and the products that are coming to them um, for how it will be used for ha- the security protocols behind that technology is very, very important. Um, and so my advice to some of the smaller guys is make sure that you can have the same sort of story as some of the big guys, uh, because people know and trust their security. So you better make sure you have that, too. Um, but I do think the CEOs are asking the right questions and the vendors need to keep up. But by the way, don't lie to the analyst you're briefing and tell them you have something that you don't because that will never end well for you. It won't. 
uh, that's what vaporware has been around ever since the, the, even before the internet, right? It was a salespeople are selling shit that doesn't exist that they saw no. could, have, could have prospectively been on a roadmap at one time. Say it isn't so Chad. It, you know, you know, it's so um, that, that is a huge issue. And, and I really believe, and this is, this is where we have to start taking control over, over the risks. Um, that's not going to, that's not going to stop, right? Those things are not going to stop, but what we have to do as practitioners and leaders and also, uh, vendors, co-founders and whatnot is we have to ensure that we're doing the right things from an auditing standpoint. Yes. To ensure, right? That first and foremost, our deliverables are on par with what we're promising, right? And, and we can't, if little Joey over there is selling something and has a side conversation, it's not something that we can manage. It's everything that we're putting out in the public. And some of the things that I've seen out there over the years have been total bullshit in the first place. Out in the public, through uh, mass marketing and their PR people mm-hmm. is just total bullshit. So we have to make sure that we align with those things because trust in this market means more than anything else. Chat GPT and open AI showed us one thing. It's that transparency and giving the individual an opportunity to use it, feel it, touch it, and understand that it's not perfect, but it's growing, it's living, and it's moving, and it's learning, is that you are going to have to be more transparent. You're going to have to put that technology in the hands of people well before they buy that shit. So anybody out there today that's thinking about from from a vendor standpoint, you've got to start thinking about how you can prospectively do much like, not exactly like, but much like OpenAI did. Put the power of the tool in the hands of the practitioners. Help them understand it's not per- it's not perfect. Make sure you get it in front of the the analysts and everybody because I'm telling you right now, transparency will save your ass in the end. And everybody was looking at OpenAI at first, like, what the fuck are they doing? Putting this this thing out there for, for the masses and look what it did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I partially agree with you. I'm going to just send somewhere. I don't think that it's, it's I do believe in transparency. So I a hundred percent agree with you there. We, we know we've always been aligned there. I don't know that it's necessary for every single technology vendor to go to every single prospective buyer, buyer and say, here's how we do every single thing in the back end. I don't know that that's... Oh, no, you don't need to do that. I don't know that's necessary. I don't even know that anybody would care to want to. They, I used to have a boss a long time ago that would say, uh, I don't, I don't want to hear the labor pains. I just want to see the baby. And I think it kind of... This fits the same... Uh, I, hope that was a, I hope that was a female who said that. It wasn't. This was in the early 90s. Um, yeah, let's go back to our DEI and B discussion. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, it's, but really, I mean, people, practitioners and people who are going to be using it. They care about the practicality of it. They want to know it's there. CTOs want to know a little bit more. I don't mm-hmm. know if they have to put it all in their hands, but transparency is absolutely key. Again, buyers are becoming more sophisticated um, and more intelligent. Eh, no, more sophisticated, more educated. <laughs> um, and And... Organizations need to have statements. So I actually talked to a client about this this week. Mm-hmm. I never recommend that all, all of my vendors go, all my clients go and up in their entire roadmap to figure out a way to insert this new stuff. Most of them are because they're smart, um, but you don't have to, but you need to have an organizational position on it. Um, are, are you taking a more conservative approach? Are you taking a, you know, a wait and see? Are you making sure you have more security protocols? Is it on your roadmap? Are you working on it? Are you not? Have a statement because you will not go in, your salespeople will not go into a meeting without somebody asking about it. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we actually talked about this on the stage at Unleash America. This is all about build, partner, or buy if you are a vendor. If there yeah. are ways that you can actually, you know, practically get some of this tech, some of this generative AI or what have you uh, into your stack, there are point solutions that are out there that you could partner with. Uh, if you can, maybe possibly build it yourself or just buy that shit. The market is fucking perfect for that right now. You don't yes. have time to build it yourself unless you already have, you know, a team of developers sitting on the bench with nothing to do. Buy it. Mm-hmm. You have the cash yeah. to go get it. Well, buy. I would partner first so you get that little taste to see if it works and see if they're not bullshitting you. And then once right. you get it, once you get it, and then right. it's like, okay, baby, you're mine. Mm-hmm. That being said... We're going to talk about chat GPT and jobs. So this is from Business Insider. Jobs are now requiring. That's right. I just said requiring experience with chat GPT. Probably like 15 years of experience or something. What's the theme of the show, Chad? Yeah. And for fuck's sake, people. God. And they'll, they will pay as much as $800,000 a year for this skill. I don't believe that. I'll have to see that one. Yeah. Uh, a recent study from Resume Builder found that 91% of companies with open positions were looking to hire workers who knew how to use open AI's buzzy chatbot. Respondents said ChatGPT helped boost productivity, save time, and bolster the company's bottom line. Companies are already using the chatbot to generate marketing material, develop code, and in court briefs. More, more on that one later. Uh, here, here, here's, here, here's a quote. AI won't take your job, the uh, economist Richard Baldwin said during a panel uh, at the 2023 Work Economic Forum Summit. It's somebody using AI that will take your job. And here are the categories that they think will AI will, will start being used very quickly. Marketing, yes. AI and ML engineers, weird that that wasn't first. Uh, software developers, AI model trainers, copywriters, teachers, product managers, and recruiters. Yes, recruiters actually made the list. So talk to me, Quincy. Is this the Iron Man suit the AI platform vendors have been touting for years? Or are we just training our AI overlords to replace our asses? (laughs) No, we're not training anyone. Everyone said that. (laughs) No, our AI overlords are not going to replace us because there's too much error and there's too much bias, potential for bias, and you still need humans to take what it's spitting out and tweak it. A mm-hmm. um, couple things. First of all, chat GPT experience is not even the right thing to say. Um, organizations who are looking to move into this space need to be looking for people with experience with large language modeling. And mm-hmm. it's not all chat GPT. So the fact that they're saying that tells it's me they buzzy. don't know what the hell they're That's doing. That's all they're the doing. Place. It's marketing. It's yeah. very buzzy. The second thing is people asking for 15 years of chat GPT experience should be fired on the spot. And the third thing is, no, I, you know, some jobs, I think, will become different and will shift just like with every advancement in technology mm-hmm. that we've ever had. Um, but no, I don't think it's going to take your job um, unless you use it exclusively and do some really bad stuff and then you're going to get fired. Looking for people with these skills is the right thing to do. I think it's really smart. I do think the applications that he said are the first place it's going. We've already seen it. But you know, know what you're talking about before you put something out there in the public is all I'll, I'll stop there, Chad. Your well, about it. that escalated quickly. 
that's that escalated very quickly. I mean, just from the standpoint of, as you'd said, using chat GPT, it's more buzzy and marketing, trying to pull people in with these these new buzzy words, much like years ago when everybody was slapping AI on a product and then they started slapping DEIB on a product. This has nothing to do with anything other than trying to sucker people in. Just to be able to take a look at the job, I mean, $800,000, I don't need to see ChatGPT for that. But yes, it, it is It is something that uh, we're, we're definitely going to be talking a lot about. And I'm just going to go ahead and pull back for a minute because we're going to talk about it right after this break. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. Now we're headed down that not to do lane of chat GPT. From NBC News, a uh, New York federal judge on Thursday sanctioned lawyers who submitted a legal brief written by the AI tool ChatGPT, which included citations of non-existent court opinions and fake quotes. Judge P. Kevin Castle ordered the uh, both Peter LaDuca and Stephen Schwartz, they're both attorneys, along with their law firms, Livido, Livido, and Oberman. Holy shit. To pay $5,000 in fines. That's it. $5,000. $5,000. Quincy, this is, this is fucking ridiculous. This is fucking ridiculous. And again, mm. chat GPT is gone awry. This is, again, I think a cautionary tale for not just lawyers. For every, I mean, this is it. This is what we've been saying all along. The first thing we said was for fuck's sake, people, use your brain. The second thing we said is there are risks associated with using these types of models. You can mitigate that with the right security protocols and the right practice of how you apply the model. But you can't just use a publicly available tool like that and expect it to be okay. And for this man or the firm to only be fined $5,000 is not setting – it's not – setting the right precedent because we're talking about legal hearings. And I don't know what it was, but these legal hearings and these legal rulings have the potential to impact people's lives. And you can't just say, oh, that was dumb, five grand. There needs to be a bigger message sent. There will be if it wasn't that guy. And, uh, and, and I can't, I can't even with people today. Here's my salt again. I don't understand. For fuck's sake, people. And the war, it's not like people haven't yeah. warned about it, Chad. It's not like people haven't warned about this very thing. I typed into chat GPT because I felt like it. Who did it? Was it William Tencup maybe to write an obituary about me? And I wrote in about 20 different prompts and it still didn't know who I was. So if it can't even get that right, there aren't too many Quincy Valencias for crying out loud. Um, don't rely on it for legal no. briefings or professional work or anything you're going to attach your name to. I have to say, though, Quincy, let's just celebrate that humans are still in control for now. Shall we play a game? We out. Wow. 
Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Cheese podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuckleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.